Welcome to the GateWorld Podcast. You've made it to episode number 30 of the GateWorld Podcast. I'm Darren. And I'm David. And this is the show where two sci-fi nerds talk about the Sci-Fi Channel's long-running franchise, Stargate. Today, David will be joined by Miss Tammy Farrar, GateWorld for a moderator. For our main discussion, I will be stepping out. Sorry, kids, I don't feel very well, so I'm going to save my voice and come back for the mailbag later on in the show. You notice I'm shedding one tear. Such a sweet guy. What are you and Tammy talking about today? We are talking about Stargate conventions, uh, both the fan run and the official run, both types. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the pros and cons to each of those. And if you're ever planning on going to a convention, you're going to definitely want to listen to this show in particular because we, we talk about tips and tricks in various ways, not to circumvent the system, but really to have a good time while you're there. So that's what this one's about. Very important. I'm looking forward to listening. First, we have a preview coming up of our interview with actor Robert Picardo, who, of course, plays Richard Woolsey on Stargate Atlantis and Stargate SG-1. But first... Stargate News. Here are your headlines from GateWorld for February 17th, 2009. The fifth series of SG-1's action figure toy line has been announced. Expect this set to include Air Force Jack O'Neill... Black Ops Samantha Carter, Ball, a Horus Guard, and General George Hammond. Now, Ball, the Horus Guard, and General Hammond, these are the first toys of these characters. Jack O'Neill has been done four times before, Samantha Carter three times. So this is a welcome addition to this fifth series, if I do say so myself, because I collect every one of these things. Yeah, we've got pictures up on the site of Ball and General Hammond, the new characters for, for action figures, and, and Ball look good. looks cool. Yep. I might have to get this guy. It's a good lineup. General Hammond looks like he's lost a few pounds in plastic. Well, he looks good. I'm glad that they designed him the way that they did, and I'm looking forward to owning that doll. It's going to be going for something good. You're going to want to grab that one. Yeah, instant collector's item. And speaking of Stargate Command's generals, Bo Bridges, who plays Hank Landry on Stargate SG-1, is a Grammy winner. Bo won, along with Blair Underwood and Cynthia Nixon, in the Best Spoken Word Album category for uh, the audiobook version of An Inconvenient Truth. So uh, there's a, a great picture here on the site of Bo Bridges, General Landry, holding his Grammy Award. Congratulations to Bo. Indeed. Gateworld Features. Our new interview with Bill Nye the Science Guy is now on the site. Bill talks about his experience on Atlantis's Season 5 episode, Brainstorm, the potential of wormhole travel and stargates, and a lot of current topics about what's going on in the world today. We spent a great deal of time talking about the environment. Yeah, and it's certainly relevant to the episode Brainstorm that he was in. Exactly. So check that out on the website. It's available now. And here's something else we've been working on the last few weeks. GateWorld is now available on your favorite Web 2.0 sites. There's GateWorld on Facebook, GateWorld on YouTube, and just as of this last week, GateWorld is now on Twitter. Our Facebook group has been up for a while and we haven't advertised it at all. It's been quietly growing, and now that we have a link on the main site, we're up to... Uh, almost 500 members. You know, I kind of want to know what people who are on Facebook want to do with this group. I mean, do we want to start discussion threads? Do we want to have more photos up here? One thing that I've been using it for right now is just to kind of tease what you and I are working on on the site. There's a coming mm -hmm. soon to GateWorld thing on the Facebook group right now. Our Twitter group, we just started last week at the behest of Morjana, one of our longtime readers and contributors. 
she's going to help us keep this up. It's at twitter.com slash gateworld. And then we're also putting Gateworld's video interviews up on YouTube. And that's at youtube.com slash gateworld.net. And you have to actually spell out the word dot. So hopefully this will be a nice way to kind of spread out the, the Gateworld community. Take advantage of these really cool services. Spread our tendrils into the internet and gain ultimate power. That's what it's all about for me. It's just a power trip. You look good in power. Thank you. Twitter right now, we have 38 followers as of this recording. And kids, I want to see that at, uh, I don't know, what's a reasonable expectation? 100 by tomorrow. Damn it. And expect an interview with Mr. Robert Picardo next week. Bob played Agent Richard Woolsey on Stargate SG-1 in Season 7, all the way through Stargate Atlantis Season 5. He joined up with the show for the fifth season, and we're talking with him about that journey, his current projects, what he'd hope to see in the DVD feature, and uh, all the other things going on in his world. He introduces us to his family of pets, his two doggies, which are really cute. And we just had a grand old time. This interview was done on his front lawn last month in uh, California. So nice. it's it's a really good piece. It's um, about currently, again, like, like Bill Nye's, it's sitting at 55 minutes long before I trim it down. Wow. Yeah, it was a long one, and it's a good one. I was disappointed um, when, when the show uh, wasn't picked up. Uh-huh. But uh, as I said, the upside is uh, spend more time at uh-huh. home. I have been able to guest star on more things. I'm able to do uh, independent uh, film projects. I've done. I want to talk about censored. Yeah, I've done two just since Stargate ended. But I, I've yeah. done a number. Uh, I did a, a lead in a film right before Stargate began. I literally left censored, and uh, within 48 hours, I was on camera for. Wow. For, uh, Atlantis. One of the great things about uh, being an actor is that you lead many vicarious mm. lives. You get to play a number of different characters. If you uh, are lucky enough to work in all media and go from theater to, mm-hmm. uh, to television to movies or whatever, you get uh, also the, the different rehearsal process involved. Mm-hmm. You know, creating a role on stage is a very different animal than mm-hmm. creating it um, on film. And, and creating a role uh, in an ongoing series is a very different animal than creating it on film or on stage. So it's the, the challenges of working uh, in the different media and working on very different characters is what I think uh, what an actor's life mm-hmm. is. We'll be looking forward to seeing that on the site here in the next week or so. And now I'm going to go sit in the back corner and sit my Theraflu while you and Tammy talk. The main discussion. Our main discussion topic for episode 30 is Stargate Conventions. Official, unofficial, fan, every kind under the sun, that is our topic tonight. Uh, Darren is taking off for this particular episode, and joining me once again is Miss Tammy Farrar. Hello! Welcome back! I'm so glad to be back from the brink of death by cold. Brink of death by cold. Yes, yes. I had to miss out on the other uh, podcast yes. that I was scheduled for because I was I was dying. I was I was on the brink of death by cold. Common cold just reaches out and grabs you. But you beat the cold. I did. I did. I was victorious. How many Stargate conventions have you been to? I've actually only been to one Stargate con. Now I've been to other cons, but I've only been to one Stargate. It was the official Stargate convention up in Vancouver. So you got to go to the sets. Oh yeah. 
So Very you know, cool. you get to go and touch all the styrofoam rocks and that's right. And ooh, it's the gate. Got your picture taken and all that cool stuff. And that's the benefit know, walk- of the official mm-hmm. of the official con. When they do it in Vancouver, it's kind of like the mecca of of Stargate conventions because every fan wants to go to the set. You know, that's oh, yeah. when you, when they go to the Vancouver convention. If it's a first timer, the first thing off the top of their heads is the set. They want to go. Well, you know, I have to say that I think it's the second thing because, of course, the stars that you're going to see are the first thing. And then the second thing is, is you want to go touch everything. For the first time that you go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You want to see the stars and you want to go touch everything that you've seen on the show. You know, it was really cool that the official now um, is allowing at least you can take personal photographs. The year I was there, you could not take any photographs of the set because the village had not aired at all. Okay. So we were the first group to ever see the village set. So this is between seasons eight and nine. Yeah. Now there's a big difference between official Stargate cons and fan-produced cons, and I don't think a lot of people realize that there tends to be a dividing line between fan cons and official cons. Some people, like like myself, we cross over. Uh, we do mm-hmm. both. But Darren mm-hmm. has only done the official Stargate conventions, and you've only done official Stargate conventions. And I have I... a whole brood of people that won't touch an official convention with a 20-foot pole. Why is that? You know what? They don't like being treated like cattle. The long lines, huge long lines. Some of them claim that um, they get disrespected by the organizers. They say that they pay so much money to be treated a certain way, and the quality is just different at the official cons, yes. that They're saying, okay, now, see, and I've heard the exact opposite about the fan-run con. Really? What have you heard? It was disorganized. You had to be up at ungodly hours to be in lines, and you never, you know, I think it's changed now. Some from have, what, not all. From what it was originally, where you had to, you know, in order that you couldn't get the same seat, you had, it was a free-for-all to get your seat, and you hoped that you could get up closer. Maybe it's because I have an innate analness that I really liked all the planned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like it was cattle. Mm-hmm. I liked it with that it was planned. I mean, there's some drawbacks, too. Don't get me wrong. So I kind of heard those same complaints, but about the fan side. I had recently an interesting discussion with a couple of convention organizers. And, you know, I talked with them about the fact that, you know, I'm working. When I go to the fan conventions, I work. And mm-hmm. I don't get sleep. And I love my sleep. I'm a man of sleep. I raised the issue with them that in, in order to get good seats, you have to stay up at ungodly hours. You can't go to sleep early because there's just so much activity. And I was basically like, I don't like that part. And they were steadfast and they were like, well, that's too bad. That's what our convention experience is. And it kind of got me a little bit jaded. You know, their events started at 8 or 9 in the morning. And the official Stargate convention, some of their events don't start until like 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It really gives you a chance to sleep in. And that was what the argument was about. Most conventions, you know, the way that they have it set, they have it set for a reason. and They're not going to change it. So in terms of the official Stargate conventions, that's what I really like because I can rest and I can feel energized and I can enjoy the experience rather than fighting fatigue the entire time. And that's what I do at the fan conventions. I fight my fatigue. Well, I would have to say that since I haven't had a chance to compare the two, I don't know if I'd want to because like you, I like to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I get pretty gnarly if I don't get enough sleep. Plus, I, I'll end up with, you know, a massive headache. Well, and that's no fun. Yeah. 
Um, and I want, I'm there to enjoy my time. Yeah. And even if it does start earlier, I think sometimes, and I'm going to kind of switch over because I think the official Stargate one that had a little bit later starting times because they're also accommodating exactly um, their tours and that kind of stuff. And they have where, late night events like the auctions and cabaret and right. things like that. So, and, and they take that into account, but you know, the other reason that they can start later is because when you have assigned seating and you have a set number of, of tickets, you don't have standing room only because everybody already knows where they're sitting. No you one's fighting have, over a seat. Right. You don't have to get up three hours early to get farther up in the line. If they don't want to accommodate that or if they don't want to change their system to, mm-hmm. to accommodate that and they would prefer a free for all well you know more power to them it's their con you know they're the ones you know they're the ones mm-hmm. uh, coordinating it and i'm not going to tell them different but i will say that i'm not going to come to their con yeah because exactly. it's not my cup of tea you know yeah. i'm an old lady i'm not doing this yeah i remember in the earlier days of certain fan conventions people wouldn't go back to their rooms as soon as they had had dinner they would get in line for seating for nine o'clock the next morning not to mingle with friends yes that would naturally happen but just for those yeah. seats i was like man the same for me. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, but you know? then I'm going to have to say on the plus side of that, I will bet money that that con was cheaper. I don't remember. It's possible, okay. though. See, you know, and it could be. I mean, you know, there's got to be a plus on each side. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've got to give it that. So, you know, I don't want to downgrade the other because I've never been to it. So I don't have any room to talk. Well, let's let's talk a minute about the cost of these of these conventions. Okay. Um, but first of all, I'd like to establish that a few uh, podcasts ago we were talking about the, the topic was fan entitlement. And I'm not sure which number that was. It, I think it was in the teens, late teens. Uh, you can look mm-hmm. it up at gateworld.net slash podcast. Uh, we talked about conventions extensively in that one. And I got a lot of notes afterwards from fellow fans saying thank you so much for telling me about the convention experience now i really know that i don't want to do it thank you for saving me the money that was not the intent and it was in regards to, like the types of people at conventions i was talking about the worst of the worst you're gonna have kooks no matter where you go at these things. oh yeah walk out of your house you're gonna have a kook <laughs> oh exactly i feel sorry that that was kind of the reaction that came off you know, it wasn't a balanced mm. and well-rounded. It was specifically about fan entitlement, and we were talking about the naughtiest mm. of the naughty. Mm-hmm. But in this in this discussion, I really want to bring in a balance, though. But let's first start off with the cost. You know, how much did you pay for the convention that you went to, and how long did you have to save? Now, when I went to Vancouver, you know, you have to keep in mind I'm going to another country. I was coming from, you know, coming from the United States, going into uh, Canada. I stayed for almost a year, and Mm -hmm. uh, my overall cost, um, I stayed for five days, Mm -hmm. and um, my overall cost, by the time I was done, was between $2,000 and $2,500, but keep in mind, for me, I knew this was going to be my one and only major con in another country. I wasn't going to go to England. I wasn't going to go all across the country. Now, granted, I go to California, and I'll go to Burbank, and that was a third of the cost. Mm-hmm. to go to an official Battlestar Galactica con. That um, chiefly broke down to distance? Basically, it was because not only am I, you know, I'm paying for, you know, plane tickets. And I, you know, and I even flew into the States. I flew into Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then a group of us met. And we all met in one place. And we all rented a vehicle together and then drove from Seattle mm-hmm. into, into Vancouver. Vancouver. 
So, but we saved for a year. And but yet we did everything we wanted to do. I mean, it was like every single picture, you know, there was not one star that I didn't get a picture with. You guys went on vacation. You know, you didn't yes. just do the convention. I've seen pictures right. of you guys all over Vancouver. It was a vacation. So I made sure I did not want for money. If I wanted to buy something, I had the money to do it. So I made sure I saved. And okay. if you want to have a good time, I'm going to recommend that to anybody. You need to save no matter what. You're paying with Canadian money. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to another country, if you're going to be in the States, well, you know what the dollar's worth. The um, Canadian dollar and the U.S. dollar, for the record, is almost exactly the same anymore. Oh, so okay. So there, there is that plus. So you're talking twenty to $2,500 to, to have a, a thorough five-day vacation with all the trimmings and everything like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, because you're going out to dinner. You're buying whatever you want at the con, you, you know, and you're making sure. And it's the gold, you know, the you know the gold pass, you know, type thing where you have – you know, every star's at, you know, autograph included. Now, photographs are never included. So you're buying photographs with every single person that you want. Right. And, and then anyone who is not included, any star or talent that's decided not to include their autograph as part of their package, you know, you are possibly, um, it's up to them if they want to charge for their autograph. Mm-hmm. And so that's an extra cost if they're down in the dealer room. It includes as much as possible mm-hmm. as opposed to just to see. Yeah, it's the, the ha. And it included a set tour, a ticket to every single activity. And how much did that thing cost? At the time I got my ticket, it was $500. Wow. And if you bought it early, it was 500 And then if you bought it late, it was 600 That's extraordinary. But my seat was included, and I was fourth row center. So I was right there. That seat was mine the entire con. And if I wasn't in the room, nobody else was sitting in that seat. You know, when it came time for autographs, my row was one of the first ones to go. You get the celebrity still relatively fresh by the fourth row. Right. You paid for that perk. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was definitely a perk. It was worth it to me. If it's It not was worth, worth it, it, but you have no plans of doing it again. No, because to me, I've seen it. If they had a con closer to my area, and for me, it's only due to my own personal choice of finances mm-hmm. and where I want to spend my money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have other things that I have to do with my money. If it was uh, closer to me, even closer than Burbank, mm-hmm. because I've met all the people I want to meet except for two, Richard Dean Anderson and Amanda Tapping. It isn't an inner drive that I have to go meet the stars anymore. You know, Now for me, if I was continually going back, which is why I think a number of people continually go back, it's your friends. Mm-hmm. The downside is why does it cost so much? Yes, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, I mean, uh, not only does the the convention have to pay for the celebrity. I mean, if it's if it's a charity run convention, some celebrities are really good about saying just pay for my expenses and I'll I'll do the event for free. You know, I I won't charge anything. Just just take care of my hotel room and my food and and this and that. You know, my gas and things like that. Uh, but most of the time, they do have to pay the talent for an uh, event. That fee, if it's a relatively big talent, that fee can run upwards of $50,000, which is quite a bit of change. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, they have to organize the the location. That has to be booked in advance. There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of cost that goes into it that, you know, their their hope, especially if it's a charity-run event, their hope is to recoup it on top of giving a huge chunk of the proceeds to a charity. And if it's a profit based, then, you know, I mean, they have to pay employees and then they have to pay for all the overhead. Mm -hmm. They have to pay for the fact that 
all these fans are wearing wristbands. They have to pay for the fact that, you know, they have upkeep of all this massive equipment that they're hauling everywhere. You know, one of the nice things is I have two beautiful plaques that are engraved from my con visits. I'm not saying they're extensive or they're massive or they're something majorly elaborate, but they do cost money when you're Mm -hmm. getting them for a number of people. You know, you are looking at a huge amount of space. So, you know, on the the side for the, the event organizers, they're paying out a lot of money for little things that you don't even think about and you may toss, you know, in your drawer when you get home. Now, what about fan parties? You know, GateWorld throws, or I throw specifically, a dinner every single year for one of the Vancouver cons. So the last several years, it's been the official Stargate convention in Vancouver. Last year was our first charity-driven dinner where we actually had a, a cover charge. I'm not big about charging people money. I don't like to deal with that. That's why we don't rent rooms for them and we don't buy food. We pick a restaurant that will support our size, generally 80, 90 people, and mm-hmm. you pay for your own meal. So if you don't want anything, you can still come and you can still yeah. show up. We have celebrities that drop by, David Nickel, Chris Heyerdahl last year, a couple of others, you know, James Bamford, Bruce Woloshin. Um, even though I... Uh, it's it's a pain in the butt sometimes to to organize it. Those are really the highlights for me every single year. Just getting together with my compadres and meeting up with you guys. Where else can you get with a bunch of people that you chat with from all over the world in one place? Exactly. And you hang out with each other. And I remember now the first Gate World dinner. Because mm-hmm. um, that oh that was that was the one at Earl's. Yep, at Earl's, and um, and I remember um, Rainbow Sun Bruce, Franks, Martin Garrow. Yeah, Rainbow had come, and Bruce came. Martin Garrow had come. It was so much fun meeting people. You're like, oh my gosh, that's who you are, and you'd end up just, you know, you know, you know, everybody had on not only their name but their screen name, or just their screen name, it depended on however they wanted to be known. And when you met up face to face, it was just the coolest thing. Because now here was the person that you've been talking with for the last year mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. and, you know, the hugs and the smiles. And then, oh, my gosh, it's your arch nemesis. You've <laughs> been arguing with this person for, oh, my gosh, forever. You can't This is stand a historical anything. event. It's a Kodak moment. It is. And you find out that they are the sweetest person you could ever meet. That is great. What you're describing mm-hmm. is, is, is terrific. But what gets me is the grudges that carry over from online into real life. There are certain people who will not talk to other people at the conventions. And that just burns my britches. You know, they can't get yeah. over themselves to be, to be civil, not even well, that civil was, with uh, one another. I, there's, there's really nothing I can say to them. You know, if people are so unwilling to set aside and say, okay, let me find out who this person really is. If they're unwilling to set aside that grudge, I would have never known that, you know what, it's just her opinion. She doesn't really care if I agree with her or not Mm -hmm. because she didn't hold it against me. And I there are those that do. You know, I guess it's all in your makeup. But I saw other people that, oh, my gosh, you know, and it was just thrilling. And there's so many people now. You know, I get bummed, I guess, you know, that I don't get to make it to to a number of them because, you know, I'm thrilled that people love to call. And um, the people that I'm friends with will call and let other people talk to me. It's it's definitely a place where I think um, every year as they come together, they meet each other. After you've seen all the stars, after you've seen the set, you know, two and three times, mm-hmm. it is a place for friends to gather and to enjoy each other and just really, you know, revel in the fact that not only did Stargate bring them together, but Gate World brought them together. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and it really is all that. And it's not, it's not the con, it's not the official con, it's not the, the uh, fan run con. It is these two things. It is the internet and it is a sci-fi show. Those two things brought all these people together and they found out they have so much in common and they have a blast together. You should see, I mean, oh my gosh, I wish you should see half the pictures I see on LJ's and, um, <laughs> oh my heavens, and the stories and the reports, you know, people should go to these threads, go to the con report threads, look at the picture, see how much fun these people are having. Mm-hmm. They are just, the room parties, oh my gosh, yeah. they have, you know, they gather people in there, go to the room parties, network, you know, and have fun, meet people that you are chatting with. Yeah. And find out these are these people are the coolest, you know, and they come from all walks of life. I mean, they're physicists, they are chemists, they are PhDs, they're waitresses, they're stay-at-home moms, they are stay-at-home dads, mm-hmm. they are, you know, they're car washers, they're, you know, they're bus boys, they're students in high school, they're, you know, they're all walks of life, and they are all just awesome, fun, cool people. Yeah, I completely agree. There are really two types of people who don't do another con after the event that I've encountered. And one of them, you know, is I love the event, but I, I just can't afford doing it again. Most of the time, people who go to these cons really fall in love with it. And the other type is, you know, I, I went to the con and I couldn't find anyone to hang with. I was alone the entire time. Now, that's a personality issue. When you go to one of these things... There is no reason that anyone should be on the outside looking in. All you have to do is get off your butt from your seat and go join a group. And uh, just listen. Yep. You don't have to contribute to the conversation. Laugh on cue. You know, Don't mm-hmm. laugh on yep. cue. Just be there. I have to agree with that. I would like to point out that you know the panels are really good. But I do have to say that maybe if more people made a point to let the event organizers know that overlapping panels with photo ops and that kind of thing, maybe they would stop doing it so often. The autograph things are cool, and um, it's worth it. The photograph opportunities, the upside is the stars are really willing to do anything, if it, you know, once they've done Within it reason. You know, for a while. And yeah. don't be scared to at least put your arm around them because they don't, you know, they're there. They know that you're going to touch them. Yeah. I informed Joe Flanagan that we were hugging. <laughs> didn't hug anybody up until that point and i looked at him i said joe we are going to hug for my picture and he's like oh we are and i said yes and you see those ladies right behind me they would like a hug too and he said okay <laughs> it was his first con he'd never yes. done one before you know one of the things that people need to realize is it's okay if you want something special but don't be the first in line but the other thing is contests and we didn't touch on that at all costume contests there's a whole group of people that spend their whole year building a costume yes Yes, and they are some of the most fantastic costumes out there. A lot of the various conventions, official and fan alike, have costume competitions where you can dress up as either something original uh, that is similar to the show or a character uh, outfit that was seen in the show. And there are some gorgeous, gorgeous. outfits, most huge talent, some of these fans. And, you know, these people get the weird eye because we, you know, sci-fi fans... I think get a bad rap because of all the the Star Trek conventions where everybody makes the comment about oh they're dressed like Trekkies, you know the these pointed people ears been, and yeah. Aside from the BDU, because I don't think anybody sat down and sewed their BDUs from scratch. But <laughs> uh, when you're looking at costumes where you have um, the Wraith Queens, um, you know I have one friend who made um, Vala's costume, yeah, um, two different times. 
and these are made totally from scratch, freehand patterns that yeah. these people really worked hard. These are things that should be supported instead of getting the fish eye. You know, oh my God, they're weird. It's like, you know, well, you know, I personally, I'm a video maker. And I've, mm-hmm. you know, at the, um, the two official Battlestar conventions, I've won both times. And this isn't chump. This is $100 in merchandise. And this is something that, you know, when you look at the prices of whatever for, you know, official merchandise. Oh, I know. You know, I'm getting $100 worth of merchandise just for, you know, spending my free time doing something fun. You know, these contests are a lot of fun for people, and it's actually enjoyable. For the costume specifically, depending on what you kind of, what you make with it, some of these things you can actually wear outside of, outside of the con. (laughs) Well, and think about the talent that goes into that. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, when I think about, I couldn't, I can't sew a button on a freaking sleeve without it looking goofy. (laughs) So, you know, when you think about somebody did a free-handed pattern for the Wraith Queen's outfit or think about Vala's outfit when she was on that altar where they burned her. Yeah. You know, somebody made that completely from scratch with a freehand pattern. Wow. I mean, yeah. wow. And for me, there's a lot of networking mm-hmm. because you know, the site is is reasonably well known at this point. I've gotten mm-hmm. jobs. I've met my boss at uh, the official Stargate Con last year, and we are now working together on a proposal for a new website. You know, the networking aspect alone is huge. If you've got talent and you've got people there who respect it and appreciate it in that field, that sci-fi field, you never mm-hmm. know who you're going to meet. It's not just there. friends. You know, there are job opportunities. There are. But, you know, we do have some recommendations. We touched on the budget at the very beginning. I think it's extremely important. Budget, budget, budget. You must yes. budget. If money is a non-issue, then that fine. That's great. If money's a little bit tight, you know, especially now, you know, uh, disposable income is just almost oh, yeah. about to completely dry up at this yeah. point. You definitely need to save. And, you know, and be realistic. You know, yes. don't think you're going to, oh, I won't do that. Yes, you will. <laughs> yeah. You really will. Unless there's a grocery store down the street, you are going to be eating out. Yeah. Every meal that, may this, cost anywhere between 10 and $30. Well, this is where I'll throw in. Utilize the hotel amenities. <laughs> yes, good point. Good point. Almost all the hotels have refrigerators in the room. So utilize it. You know, why eat? Why, why spend 10 bucks for breakfast when you can get yourself a gallon of milk and, cereal. you know, have cereal or, you know, Whatever you have in the morning. They have coffee pots. They have all that. So, I mean, save yourself a little money. Mm -hmm. The convention phenomenon has really moved online. You used to get these things in the mail. You know, I used to get one about a Star Trek convention, sign up by by phoning in. If you're online for these fan conventions to get your ticket, you can go online and find a friend. I highly suggest find friends first. Find a website that shares your interests then shares your personality. Go in there and look for the thread that has to do with that upcoming convention and talk with people. Meet people. Throw your name out there. If you're looking for someone to share a hotel room with or just introducing yourself. Mm -hmm. Share a ride. I can definitely tell you, you know, for the fact that because we had six people, um, it made it very affordable uh, for all of us. it made it fun. Oh, a blast. Yeah, and I think a lot I, of people do that. The yeah, thing is, a lot of people don't. And that's that's one of the things that, that continually strikes me about all these conventions after all these years is, is the number of people who don't who don't connect. Well, and, and definitely with your on, any online community, you know, even, you know, LJ. I mean, I'll throw it out there for any online community. You have to think safe. 
Yes, know, always think safe here. Ninety nine percent of the time, you're not going to encounter an issue, you know. But there is, there's always that first time. So, yes. but don't let it be the reason that you don't go. Yes, definitely, because it is so worth it. But yeah, making the friends the, about the only cost you can't really share with anybody is going to be your airfare. Pick your level of budget comfort. Don't go above your head. You know, live within your means. Absolutely. A lot of people who go to these conventions, they have no money, and they really don't have any business being there. And, you know, their children have to starve for the next eight months because they decided to go all out and give themselves, like, one last blast. Um, well, let's not say we, a lot of people. Let's say that's a, that's a very – that's a few. That is that is a few. You're right. But yeah, it's more let's than say you think few. sometimes, Tammy. It's more than you think. Well, I, um, unfortunately, there. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm sure there are people that do that. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons that you have to be very aware of what's going to be there. You can't go in with with false expectations, thinking, "Oh, I'm going to grab Michael Shanks's bum." You know, I want to spend three thousand dollars just to grab his bum. It's no different if you're going to Las Vegas. You know, you don't put your mortgage on the roulette table. You only spend what you can afford to spend. And I think that the best advice you can give anybody is you save your money. It's worth it if it's entertaining and you have fun. It's not worth it if you put yourself into hock. Yeah. And if you do, it's not the con's fault. It's your own. Yeah. If you yeah. put yourself into debt over this. Be smart. Be a two-process thinker. If I do this, am I going to be able to afford it? Am I, if I do this, what are going to be the consequences of this to my budget, You know, to my lifestyle yeah. afterwards? Because these things are expensive. Yeah, they are. And although I have to say, is like I said, you know, we're talking about the Vancouver Con, which is really the, like you said, the mecca. And it is the most expensive one out there, I think. Yeah. They keep it at a reduced uh, capacity so that people can really enjoy themselves. A ceiling of 800 people. And because of that ceiling, it's going to cost more per ticket. Over in Burbank, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking if you live – even if you're, you know, flying, um, you know, you're looking into, you know, there's a lot of deals if you buy your ticket, you know, farther out. You know, there's a lot of difference in ticket pricing. You can stay in hotels farther away. Um, There's a number of hotels all around the area with discounted prices that you can come into the convention. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that you can do to make the convention cost even cheaper. The tickets are cheaper, but you're still getting the same access to the stars. You know, you're still getting the same, you know, those kind of things. And then, of course, there's a ton of things that are cheaper because, you know, all of us can hit McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's or any of that. Uh, where in Vancouver, that's a little harder to do. There's a lot of differences when you're within the United States and you're not in a in a different country. So, you know, keeping that in mind, you know, we've really been, you know, focused on the big, huge, you know, the huge one. If look money is small. an obstacle, look local. Really look, look local. local. Yeah. And those are just as fun. You know, and a lot of times, you know, when the stars are there, you know, that's something that I didn't really touch on that I wrote down is the more intimate ones are better. Sometimes you do sometimes get a little bit more time to get to know the stars because they'll, you know, they'll sit down in the bar and chat with people Mm -hmm. and they'll say, you know, it's smaller. So they'll spend more time talking to people and mingling. And in the end, they're people, too. That's a big mistake that that people make. They idolize these actors Mm -hmm. way too much. Way too much. Way too much. And because I know that's something I have found out um, over the time is that, you know, they really are people. And sometimes that idolization kind of interferes and people get a little goofy. (laughs) The other thing is take a lot of vitamin C. 
uh, wash your hands a lot because people con do come crud. with the cron crud. That's one um, of the things that I was thinking about when I don't get any sleep and I'm fighting my fatigue the entire time at a lot of these fan conventions. I come home and I get sick because yep. my immune system is down. Yes. So vitamin C is a wonderful thing. You're not going to get a lot of sleep. Pop those things. Pop vitamin C and wash your hands because your your immunity is down and you're touching germs from everywhere. You're shaking people's you... hands. If you're going to go out to eat, make your first stop at the restroom. Yes, and do all you know. And it's it's just common sense stuff, you know, because you are you're you're not sleeping even as much. Well, at these um, conventions, you're you're so excited and you're so out of out of your element. A lot of things aside from going to the bathroom. I mean, me, I love to eat, but I I even forget to do that. You know, a yeah. lot of these things you forget while you're at these events. Well, and one other thing people do, and I guess we should touch on this, is there are some people that do imbribe a little too much. Keep that in mind, too, is that drink a lot of water during the day if you plan on drinking that night because mm-hmm. you're dehydrating yourself. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people do. Now, I'm not a heavy drinker, um, and I don't. Yeah, I don't and drink I don't, at all. Yeah, so, you know, I drink a glass of wine periodically. Um, so, and when I go anywhere, I, you know, it shocks everybody if I have a Woo! beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there are people that can really, you know, they can, they can hammer it away, but that dehydrates your body. And if it's mm-hmm. not something you do normally, so keep that in mind, you know, pick up a, a case of water to keep in your room and that'll help you keep feeling good too. Mm-hmm. So not only are we helpful with how fun it is. And how much money we're going to help you save. We're also going to keep you healthy. <laughs> we are just a one-stop shop. That's right. That's right. Gate World is in your corner. <laughs> <laughs> Come again. <laughs> <laughs> Customer service at its yeah. finest. If you're, it's your first time going in, remember that it's not just about the stars. And it's not just about the sets if you go to like the Vancouver one. It's about the people that you're with. Don't disrespect yes. them. They just paid as much money to get there as you did. Now, some of them may be major assholes. Stay away from those, you know. But have a good time. You have to have yeah. a good time. Because that's what it's for. Yeah, you know, and people, and people who are like that just go, oh, well, you know, yeah, it's too bad. You know, that's how they're enjoying it. Don't let anybody like that define your con. You're there to have a great time. Have it. Don't let them mess it up. At all, because you know what, you know, you don't want to be at home sitting there thinking, you know, I could have done this or I could have done that, but I was too busy being worried about whatever. No, do everything you want to do. Nothing sadder than a missed opportunity, in my opinion. There it is. And I I can tell you, I have nothing but the greatest memories of the Vancouver Con. And I think that's one of the reasons why everybody, you know, the people that went with me had a good time is because I have no, I have no shame. To begin with, you know, I was dancing all over the place with Peter Williams and, you know, I had Jamie Bamber flexing all over the place for me and I had Joe Flanagan hugging me. And I want to make it clear that she's not out of control. She's just having, no, I'm she's not. just enjoying herself. No, I'm not. And I am, but I'm also very discreet about what I asked for, mm-hmm. you know, and that was the point I was going to make. And I'll use Jamie Bamber as an example. Um, when I had him doing the flexing in the pictures, I was the last person in line. I paid for extra pictures. I paid extra money for this. And I asked him before we started, and I told him, I paid for some extra pictures. Do you mind doing some fun ones with me? And I would like you to do, like, flex and stuff. And I asked all beforehand, Mm -hmm. before anything started, gave him the opportunity to say no. And it was just him and my friend and the photographer. So you intentionally Um, stayed at the end of the line? 
Yes, because okay. I did not want to create any kind of demand from anyone else. Now I'd have to right. do it a hundred times. Correct. And that was the whole purpose is that, and I paid extra to do this. It wasn't a case of you had to do this because I paid for it. Right. It was, this is what I would like to do. Are would you, you okay with that? And at the same time with, you know, with Joe, I didn't say it real loud, but I let him know what I wanted. You know, I said it quietly enough. And then I, you know, and I was discreet enough to where I just pointed to the ladies behind me. I didn't announce it to the room. With Peter Williams, he was DJing the dance mm -hmm. um, and he was doing the reggae and stuff. And he and I had been talking all evening. Well, no one was dancing. And he was, yeah. you know, and he was going, come on, people dance. Come on. So I went up there and asked him, I said, do you need some dancing? And he said, yeah. I said, well, if you'll dance with me, I have no shame. I'll do whatever you want. But after that, the entire floor stayed filled till 2 a.m. They closed us down. It's more a case of you're not looking to embarrass them and say, look at me, look at me, look at me. You paid it's a lot of money. You might as well enjoy yourself. Stand out. Take chances like getting getting to the end of the line. Try different things. You will be more likely to have a better experience at the end of it. Right. Don't be but so you, worried or wrapped up. They're people, but yet you don't want to. But don't put them in a position where they have to tell you no. You know, don't do that kind of thing. Don't you know? It's like what do the stars always say when you know they're running for a plane and that's when somebody asks them for an autograph? Well, don't put them in a position to where they have to tell you no. You know, that's unfair to them. Don't stand up there at a microphone in front of God and everybody and say, will you please take your shirt off? You know, they're going to tell you no. Uh, not always, but yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Some of them like, hey, look at me. But, you yeah. know, and think about the fact that this is your experience, but they are a person. Mm -hmm. They aren't obligated to you in any way, shape or form. Yeah, but they, they are, are not public utilities. Correct. And so you are asking them for a favor, treat it as such. And as long as you're goodwilled about that, that, you know, hey, it's cool if you say no, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, the worst you can do is say no, yeah. you know, and be like, I still like you. <laughs> as long as you're there to have a good time and not put any pressure on anyone to make that good time for you, you're mm -hmm. going to have fun. So bottom line, if you've thought about doing a convention, do it. You know, do I, it. for years was always thinking about a Star Trek convention, a Stargate con convention, you know, but I never did it. Oh. And mm -hmm. man, am I glad I did. I, I relive my days with the intergalactic hussies. Uh, loved it. I Let's not turn this into a hussy talk. <laughs> oh, please. That was our name. We had t-shirts uh, and everything. Oh, I know. I've seen them. <laughs> but see, we made it fun. That's right. That's right. It, it wasn't weird. It was fun. It was. <laughs> you know, if you want to go, you know, be smart about it, but do it. Listener mail. My thanks again to Tammy for joining me on this week's main discussion topic of fan conventions. To go along with that, we're jumping right into the listener mailbag. Uh, we asked the question last. What, what was the question last week, Darren? Something about fan conventions, I bet. We asked you about uh, con experiences, that's right. Uh, both official cons and fan cons. And we also asked uh, what you would tell someone who's never been to a convention, what they should expect. Sam Carter Rules says, My con experiences have been with Gabbett, a small con held in London for Amanda Tapping and her fans. It's the most amazing weekend ever. You get to meet and talk to Amanda, have your photo taken with her, and listen to her answer our questions. Sometimes that leads Amanda to tell some hilarious and sometimes moving stories. Amanda treats everyone she meets as special. 
and those few minutes you spend with her are really wonderful. But that's only a small part of the reason I go. I go to meet many of my GateWorld friends that I have made on the forum over the years. Putting screen names to faces is fun. This, for me, is what makes a convention so much fun. It's the bonds and friendships that you make that can last long after the con is done and make me want to do it all again next time around. When I first started going to sci-fi fan conventions, as I think I've said in the past, it was it was in high school, junior high and high Your school. Your boyhood. My buddies and I would get together and nerd out at the Portland, Oregon Star Trek conventions. And we would get up early in the morning and go and, and sit so that we were first in line at 8 o'clock in the morning to get in and get the best seats. Because uh, at that time, you could get in and the the general admission seats were you know 10 or 20 bucks for the day and it was row three so we sat row three on the aisle all day long for for 10 or 20 bucks Uh, and then they had a huge big dealer's room and that was my experience growing up and then i didn't do conventions for years and years until i got into stargate and i think you were probably the one who convinced me to go to my first Stargate convention. i had to kick you in the rear i know in chicago back in 04 i guess it was correct and boy a trial by fire for you not only is your first Stargate convention but your first day there we put you on stage i know they shoved me up on stage and what did we do we talked about gate world or did we do trivia we talked that about time? gate world for a good half hour yeah uh, i was a nervous wreck but now that I'm, I go to Stargate conventions, uh, the reason I insert this here is because Sam Carter rules and what she says about her con experiences really resonate with me because now, as I am an adult fan going to Stargate conventions, this is a huge amount of what it's about, is getting together with your online friends that you talk to on forums like GateWorlds year-round, people who live all over the world, and I mean, this is it. This is the event. You go to Vancouver or you go to Gabbett or one of these events, and, and you get to hang out with your friends for the weekend, and that's kind of a lot of what conventions end up being about. Mac Jackson writes, My wife and I have gone to every creation con in New Jersey for the last six years. I have been blessed enough to have made the rare personal connection with most of the actors who have attended, from acting with Alexis Cruz and Chris Judge, to playing guitar and singing with Jason Momoa for two hours in the lobby. I even gave Joe Flanagan and Paul McGillian their first Stargate Atlantis comic book. Overall, I would tell others that if you like good people, then go to the cons and meet the wonderful actors we love to watch. Sapphire says, I've been to many conventions in my time. I'm always in my happy place when I go to a science fiction convention. I just find that that is the one opportunity I get to be around my people, where everyone has the same interest for a change. And I get to be around actors that I looked up to as heroes and who play heroes on TV. They are just fun. And you get to mingle around people who have the same interests. Can't beat that. And we also have one voicemail this week. Hi, this is Jeremy from Hillsboro, Oregon. I have never been to a convention. But I want to go so bad. It's just so expensive, and it makes me really sad that I can't afford it. So I live pretty close to Vancouver, and that's not the problem. The problem is spending three to 500 bucks a ticket to go to a convention, even though I want to go so bad. Thanks to Jeremy for calling in and for everybody for writing and posting this week. Here's the listener question. For next week, David and I will be talking about Stargate Universe and what we think the show needs to be and needs to do for the franchise. So we're asking you that very question. How do you think Stargate Universe needs to be different from its predecessors in order to propel the franchise forward? Or does it need to be different at all? And we hope to get lots of voicemail on this one this week. I think it's a very significant topic. If you don't want to call, you can post over on the show notes page on the website 
or on the podcast feedback thread at GateWorld Forum. And on March 3rd, we'll go back to our series on Stargate history, and we'll do SG-1 Season 1. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that one. There are some good episodes in there. There were a couple of clunkers, but there are some good ones. And then on March 10th, the topic is ships versus Stargates as storytelling devices. Once we introduce ships into SG-1 and Atlantis, the Prometheus and the Daedalus and, and... the Odyssey, does that, the Orion, you know, the does Apollo. that change the way that we tell stories? And, and obviously you and I complain a lot that, that the Stargate doesn't get used as much as it used to and, and is, doesn't seem to be the driving force behind stories anymore. That's what our March 10th topic is going to be about. Yeah, this is the pros and cons, not just con, con, con. We do like to bitch and moan, but um, I think there are some benefits to the ships as storytelling devices as well that I'd like to also discuss. Mm -hmm. That's our show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. In this episode, David and Tammy talked about fan conventions. We also gave you a preview of our interview with Robert Picardo. That'll be on the site in just a few days. And for links to everything we talked about today, head to GateWorld.net and look for the episode number 30 show notes. We always love to hear your feedback, good or bad, so give us a call on the GateWorld podcast hotline at 616-712-1647. You can leave a voicemail day or night, leave us a response on the podcast feedback thread in GateWorld form, or you can post a review on iTunes and other podcast catchers. Yeah, now this is something else that, that I should go ahead and mention here. Uh, we added the GateWorld podcast to some of the major podcast catchers out there. You can find the GateWorld podcast now at Podcast Alley, Podbean.com, Mediafly, and Podcast.com. If you want to see us on any other major podcasting sites, just let us know what you found. From GateWorld.net, this is Darren. And this is David. And we'll see you back here next week for the GateWorld podcast. Wow. I mean, yeah. wow.